0: Good morning, welcome to Victory Church. My name is Troy. My wife Darla and I get the incredible privilege to pastor this church. And if you're visiting with us this morning, welcome. We're so glad you're here. We hope that you leave out here going, man, that's a place I want to be a part of. Uh, you'll hear us say this all the time. And we believe it about you already, already. You say you don't even know me, but I know the Word of God, so I already believe this about you. You're here on purpose because you have a purpose. God's got a purpose for your life, and that's why you're here, For so you would be able to figure that out and start operating in that, and impacting lives and changing lives. And man, what a good place to do it, right here, Smyrna, Tennessee, Victory Church. Can I get an amen? Yeah. If you're visiting with us, you visited with us at a very interesting time, because people may not tell you, but our church is currently right in the middle of a 20-day fast. Uh, everybody say, whoa, whoa. So January 1, we started a fast, and we will break that fast, as Pastor Brian said, on January 20th, right after service for our birthday. Just so you know, we're not going to have cake. Uh, I think he's already prophesying things. I was ready for him to be like, ribs and grilled chicken, and he's just, he's just calling out food. He's eating right now spiritually, you know what I mean? He's just, he's just already thinking. We are going to have some treats, and it's going to be a special, special day for us as a church. And so by all means, come back if you're visiting. Bring a friend. It's going to be a great, great time. Um, we, we really wanted to start 2019 by, by getting, listen, we're in a self-focused time in our life. The, the, the world around us is so self-promoting. It's, it's a concept, and you would know this, that it's believe what you want, do what you want, say what you want, and if you believe it, do it, and say it, it's, it's right. And that's just kind of the culture we're in right now. And so um, I, I just think it's healthy for us as human beings to take some time, and what better time than the first couple weeks of the year, and just kind of turn ourselves down, and turn God up. Listen, most of the things we do are not bad, right? Social media is not bad. I'm on social media all the time. Uh, Eating is definitely not bad. Uh, You know, music, movies, all these things, they're not bad. It's just good sometimes to put that stuff stuff aside and kind of acknowledge that, hey, this doesn't own me, this doesn't control me. I can make this and put this aside for a moment to really pinpoint focus on God. And so that's kind of why we're doing it. And I, I'm really excited about the testimonies that are going to come through. I've already heard, I was hanging out with one of my friends that goes to church here yesterday, and he is fairly new to, to his walk in Christianity and definitely new to the church. And he is doing a, a full fast, no food. And I just looked at him and thought, man, that is so impressive. That is so impressive that that you are doing that and you are kind of submitting yourself to that when you're new to the Lord, and he has no idea the blessings that are about to come his way. I've talked to people who are fasting sodas, and I thought, that's good. That's a good fast right there. People who are fasting media. We have even got people in Memphis that are friends of ours fasting along with us uh, different things because they just know God's going to do something through this. Amen. There's never a time where you deny yourself for God and he doesn't turn around and bless you. It, it, just, it just doesn't work. And, and so I can't wait to share testimonies about that. I do, however, want to share a quick testimony about Purpose Prevails Uh, At the end of the year, another thing that we do culturally as a church is at the end of the year, we gather and we give sacrificially to the vision of what God's wanting to do in 2019, and it's very sacrificial because it's Christmas time and money tends to be scarce, and uh, we were just so incredibly blessed by the way the church stepped up, and I've been trying to share testimonies with you about people who saw God move in that, so I want to read this one to you. It says, during the Purpose Prevails week, we had a set amount we were planning on giving, It's funny because this is a lot of times how testimonies start. Uh, After the offering was taken, though, I felt a heaviness weighing in me and felt that I should have given more. person said, I told myself next year, we will give more. You see, God knows what your struggles are, and he knows mine is money. Can I get an amen? The way, I'm sorry, the very next day, our company had a meeting, and it ended with a salary increase. That's the kind of problems I want in 2018. And I pulled my phone out, and I gave to Purpose Prevails again. So he gave, and then he felt like he didn't give enough, but he got a raise, so he turned around and went and gave again. And watch this. The day before the holiday weekend, I received a text from my boss asking me to call him. And when I got the chance, during the phone call, he began telling me the real reason for the conversation. And watch this. He said, we don't normally do this at the end of the year, but we wanted to give you another pay raise. Who gets two pay raises in a matter of a month? right? That, that's only God. You know what I'm saying? That's incredible. He said, in that instant, I felt God tell me, don't worry, I've got you. I'll always have, and I always will. Watch this. He said, I pulled my phone out, and I gave to Purpose Prevails for a third time. God is so faithful. He's so faithful. I, I felt the Spirit of God tell me this to tell you this, When we do things like Purpose Prevails and fasting, yes, there's benefit for the church. For example, Purpose Prevails, you guys have already raised over $18,000 that will go to ministry, straight ministry, outside and in the community uh, over the next year. That's, That's incredible for the church. But it's for you. Anytime we do something like that, it's for you. That person's faith is built now in their relationship with God. They, God said, I always have you and I always will. He might not have had that perspective if he wasn't in that moment. See what I mean? So anytime the church, the church, not just church, maybe you, maybe you go to another church, you're in town, anytime God or the church asks you to sacrifice, remember, it's not so much for the church, it's for you. So that you can grow in that relationship with God. Amen? I'm preaching We need to start the sermon, all right? You, you good? You having a good day? Here we go. If you got your Bibles, open to the book of Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1 so you got the New Testament Matthew Mark Luke John Romans Acts or Acts Roman Romans and then you start getting into Philippians Galatians Ephesians all these letters that Paul wrote the church. So Philippians is where we are going. If you're not bringing your Bible, don't worry. It'll be on the screen behind me. You can also jump on the app or your phone, Bible Gateway, whatever it might be, and look up and follow along with us. If you want to, I would encourage you to kind of finger mark Philippians 1 and also Romans 7. That's going to be the two main areas we're in today, Philippians 1, Romans 7. I tend to jump all over the Bible, but, but I really want you to read two things today that I think are very powerful as we are in a moment of denying self. This series that we're in, Turn Down, we, we really want you to ask that question, turn down for what? Turn down, turn down for what? And, and we're just encouraging us in this new year, as I was saying, to, to turn ourselves down and to turn God up, right? In, in, in a time where everybody's saying, it's the Burger King motto, have it your way. That's what everybody's saying, have it your way. But now it's just, hey, I voluntarily... I voluntarily put these things aside so that I can turn myself down, and I can turn the spirit of God up, and I can prep my new year off right. Jesus says, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. And so it's just kind of the principle of what we're doing. And last week, we talked about my boy Richie. Uh, In the Bible, he's he's, he's referred to as the young rich ruler. And we talked about how he found out that anytime you want more of God, there's got to be less of you. Anytime you want more of God, there's got to be less of you. And, And then towards the end, we even revealed that anytime you deny yourself, God rewards you. Anytime you deny yourself, God rewards you. I thought, you know what's cool about fasting, especially if you're fasting food or soda, is there's there's two rewards. There's a worldly reward and there's a spiritual reward. God's reward spiritually is that it's different for all of us, but the worldly reward is we lose weight. Right, So you start off the new year looking good, and everything's great. Everybody thinks you kept your resolution, and then you end the fast, and you go to seven restaurants in one day, and it's gone. All right, That's just kind of how, how it goes. That's what I'm anticipating. Um, and, and so I wanted to choose Paul today because here's why. Paul is probably the only guy who could, re- who could win the reward for the most self-focused and then also the most self-denying person. It's crazy. He, he, he could fall in either category depending on what part of his life you're looking at. Because kind of the first half of his life was like just denying Christianity just constantly denied Christianity and was killing Christians and all this. And then the second half of his life is basically all about denying self. So depending on whether you choose Saul or Paul, you could give him the reward for most self-righteous and self-worshiping, or you could give him the award for most self-denying. It just depends on what season of his life you're in. And so I thought, this is a great guy to talk about in this season of our church, And um, when we read this letter, I've explained it to you before, Paul is kind of a missionary. And so just like we planted victory almost a year ago, he would go into places like Philippi and Galatia and Rome and uh, 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 Colossae. And he would go into these places, Colossus, and he would go into these places and he would plant these churches. And then he would kind of put a site pastor over it, per se. This is what we want to do. We want to put churches in Mount Juliet. We want to put churches in, in Franklin. We want to have and, we mount, and so this is kind of what Paul was doing, taking this model from Paul. And Paul does this, and then he goes, and he would write letters. Nowadays, it's kind of the, the video projection, but he would write letters back to those churches to say, hey, how you doing? He'd kind of pastor them through churches. So that's what we're going to read is a letter Paul wrote to the church of Philippi. It's called Philippians. And it's chapter 1, and we're going to start at verse 12. Now, before we read it, understand this. When Paul writes this, which is a letter of praise, he's in prison. When's the last time you wanted to, Anybody been in prison? I'm just kidding. Don't, don't answer that. When's the last time you wanted to write a letter of praise while in chains? Normally is isn't that way. But that's why this guy is so perfect for this season of us as a church in a series called Turn Down. Because he's so not focused on self that he's in prison... And he's praising, okay? So watch this. This is how it starts off in verse 12. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. You don't get any more self-denying than that. The mess I just went through in 2018, the problems I had, the struggles, the death, the pain, the hurt, the separation, it was actually used to advance the gospel. Every pain you have has a purpose. And if you acknowledge it, God will use it to advance the gospel. And that's what Paul's saying. I'm actually here advancing the gospel. It's all in one verse. And as a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else, watch this, that I am in chains for Christ. We could end the service right there. I'm in chains for Christ. There's purpose in my pain. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord, and they dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It's true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the, de- the defense of the gospel. The former, watch this, preach Christ out of selfish ambition, which means you can be a Christian and preach the gospel and still be too self-focused. Not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. You're in chains, brother. There's already enough trouble. You know, is it trouble while you're in chains? But what, what does it matter, Paul says? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. This is where it gets really interesting. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, and y'all have all probably heard this, to live is Christ and to die is gain. And if I'm going to go on living in this body, this will mean fruitful labor for me, yet what shall I choose? I don't know. What Shall I choose? Look at the person closest to you and tell them this. It starts with a choice. It starts with a choice. Here Paul is, he's in prison. And he finds himself right at a a fork in the road, and he has an opportunity to make a choice. And here's the choice. Do I become self-focused, and do I just sit in my pity and get upset that I'm in this situation to begin with because he was in there for reasons he shouldn't have been in there, all right? False accusations. He's just preaching the gospel, and they put him in prison. So he shouldn't even be in there. So he can be in self-pity and just go, this is horrible, or he can be in self-denial and go, there must be a purpose for my prison. See what I mean? He can either, watch this, he can either pray for God to remove the chains, or he can pray for God to use the chains. So it's a choice that he gets to make. Which one? Do I go right or do I go left? It's a choice. It all starts with a choice. I really couldn't help but laugh Tuesday morning. As you know, Monday was New Year's Eve and we went out and we, we partied with some friends and about 10 o'clock we rolled it up and went home because I'm old and I haven't seen midnight on a clock in a lot of years. And so I was like, you know, Happy New Year's at 10 o'clock p.m. You know? And so we went home and we went to sleep and I woke up and went to the gym and that'll be a funny story here in a minute. And, and, and I got on social media and started looking at different social medias and everybody was on there with the same tagline. It was everywhere I looked. Everybody, they, you know, they'd have their, their hats on with the 2019 little springs that move like this, and they'd be toasting, and they would have this tagline. I even saw pastors who had, who had named their 2019 January series from this tagline. I'm going to show you how popular it is. I'm going to see if you can finish it. You ready? Here's what it says. It says, New Year, New Same. New you, new me, whichever one you want to pick. New year, new you. It's normally you because it sounds Rhymy, but but new year, new year, it was everywhere. New, year, new people, people, you know, they're 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 what do you call this? Ching, what's it? Toasting. They're, they're toasting. <laughs> I, I, that's how food deprived I am. I can't even remember the word toast. And so they're, they're you know, the the ting, new year, new you, new year, new you. I couldn't help but laugh because it's so untrue. <laughs> they're saying it, but it's so untrue. This is not gonna, it's not a new you. Yes, it's a new year, but it ain't a new you. A, 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 sure. Sure people are going to, you know, put together a new diet. I'm gonna I'm gonna eat this now. No breads, no starches, no sweets. I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna keto it, keto or whatever the words are, whatever word, vegan keto, colossus, whatever the word is that. Um, this is what I'm going to do. and Sure, people are going to, you know, they're, they're going to go to the gym, right? They're going to get gym memberships. This is what keeps gyms open is January. I, I went there on Tuesday, and there were people everywhere. And I'm like, I've never, I've never seen you. I've never seen you. I've never seen you. I've never seen you. And I won't, and I won't, and I won't see you again. You know, it's, just, it's sure Sure, people are going to come up with budget plans, and, you know, I'll, I'll do this, and, and I'll do that. And sure, people are going to buy journals, and I'm going to start, I'm going to read the whole Bible. I'm going to read the entire, I've never read the Bible before. I'm going to read the entire Bible in 365 days. Just read a verse in the next 365 days. You know what I mean? It's just, they try to figure all this out, but, but it's not going to last. And here's how I know, because statistics say that 92% of resolutions that are made will be broken by the end of February. Can you believe that? So 100% of the people who made a resolution to do something for the next 12 months Only 8% of them will still be in the game two months into the year. And Pastor Brian said it, and I wanted to raise my hand and say, I've been there all the time where I'm like, I'm going to do this, and it just doesn't work. And here's, really, I don't say that to put anybody down. I'm saying that to reveal a principle that helps us. Here's why we always fail. If you ever wonder, well, how come I never can succeed in that? How, I always want, knew you, here's why. Because we set out to change our direction, watch this, but we don't set out to change the director. I'm going to change my direction. I'm going to do this. But it's the same person behind the wheel. And I've learned that it doesn't matter how much I want to go a different direction, if I'm the one with the wheel always going straight, i got to change the director. If I want the direction to change, the director has to change. When people say, new year, new you, or new year, new me, what they're ultimately planning is a way to change themselves by themselves. I'm going to change Me, and here's what you hear. I've got a plan. I'm gonna get on a diet. I'm gonna stop eating bread. I'm going to uh, wake up early in the morning and go to the gym. I'm going to get on a budget. I'm going to read the Bible. I'm, 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 I'm. It's all a plan about them changing them. And I've learned something about me. Maybe it's not true about you, but I've learned this about me. When I'm in charge, change is temporary. When change will always be temporary when I'm in charge. For example, when I'm in charge, change lasts as long as it takes me to take my arm out of the cover and reach over to my phone and hit the snooze button. Change is done with. I'm done. Resolution done. That's why I keep my iPhone really close to the bed because I don't even really want to wake up to hit the snooze button. You know what I mean? I want to be able to like, boop, and just hit it. That's, it, it doesn't take very long. I'm done. My, my change in attitude, it lasts just as long as it takes me to get on I-24 and to get into a traffic jam, and it's done. It's just, I'm done. I hate everybody. You know what I mean? It's just, I'm just done. It just takes, I'm about to get real, real open to you. When I'm in charge, my change lasts as long as it takes Jasmine to bring out them hot rolls at Old Charlie's. And she sets them in front of me. Give me a minute. She sets them in front of me and they're not burnt anywhere. They're all like, they're almost so soft. They're white, and there's like butter on it, and the butter's melted, and it's coming down like a waterfall, and it's swimming in a sea of butter. Can we we just, let's just just have a minute. Y'all have your own minute. I'll have my minute. That's all it takes, and it's it's just boom, gone. Oh, I, I, I'm literally. I'm gonna lose 20 pounds. Never mind. I'm gonna eat 20 rolls. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's a boop, 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 boop. I just, I, I just, I just. When I'm in charge, it just goes out the door. Because change starts with a choice. And I tend to make my choices more based off of comfort than character. You know what I mean? I, I make my choices more off of perspective than than purpose. It depends on the situation I'm in right now. If I'm in a vegan restaurant, I'm going to lose some weight. If you take me to Old Charlie's, that ain't going to happen. It's the perspective. Watch this. Watch this. My choices tend to be built more on what I want now instead of built on what I want most. And that's why I can't be in charge. Because when I'm in charge, I make the choices. And when I make the choices, my choices depend on my comfort, my perspective, and what's happening now, not what's going to happen most. So what ends up happening, watch this, is I walk into a new year, but I'm the old me. I'm in 2019, the eight changed to a nine. It's a new year, but it's the same old me. Hey, Tim, come here for a second. I'm going to use you just for a second. When we look back on 2018, sometimes it's hard when you're in 2019 to look back on 2018. Put your hands close like that. There we go. I'm glad your wife's not in here. That would be awkward. So we'll move this around. All right. So for some of us, We spent 2018 chained in unforgiveness. You know what I mean? We were chained in bitterness, chained in addiction, and we spent all 2018, maybe 2017, maybe who knows how far back, chained by this this nature that we always want to fix, so much that when we get ready to take a picture celebrating a new year, which only means a Monday to a Tuesday. We realize there's no real power in a year change, right? Every Tuesday is a Tuesday. But yet for some reason when that, it's like we can start over. It's like somebody erased the board. And so all of the chains that kind of controlled us in 2018, our concept is I'm going to break them in 2019. And so for example, stand right here for a moment. For example, we're in 2018 and we see 2019 over there and we start to go towards 2019 and 2018 says, nope, 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 nope. You know, we, we, we want to go tour. Go, go, you, you're a new year. You're a new you. Nope, no, you're not. No, you're not. Same old you. Same old you. And we struggle with this this nature that we're chained to. And so once again, we go, okay, my marriage. Oh, don't go nowhere yet. We go, all right, I'm married, and, and my marriage was kind of rough in 2018, but I'm going to have a new marriage in 2019. Go get your new marriage. Go get it. Just kidding. Come back. Okay. All right. I haven't really, you know, I haven't really watched my, watched my health and, and I want to get healthy because the Bible says that this is God's temple and I want it to be off the chain and spiritual. And, and so, so go, go get it, go. Ah, where are you going? Nope, just kidding. And so no matter how hard we try, that sinful nature, go, go get that new you. Go get it. Go get it. I gave you hope. Just kidding. All right. If he falls, don't sue me. And no matter how much we want a new you, no matter how much of a new year, It's the same old chains. So what do we do? If it's it's the same old me, how do I change the chains? I want to show you what Paul says in Romans 7. I thought this was so appropriate for this illustration. And you're going to act it out for me because it just makes sense. He says, I do not understand what I do. Anybody? Is it just me? I, yeah, I don't, I don't understand. When I yell at my kids, I don't understand why I did that. When, when I mess up as a husband, I don't understand why. I, well, I don't understand why I'm so stupid. I don't, I don't understand. I don't, I don't understand why I go this way when I didn't want to go this way. I don't understand why I go this way when I didn't want to go this way. I don't, I don't understand what I do. Watch this for what I want to do. I do not do. Well, I want to go this way. Up, oh, up, oh, no, 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 no. Because what I want to do, I, I do not do. But, but when I, what I hate, I do. I mean, I hate that. I hate going that way. But I go. And if I do what I do, not want to do, I agree that the law is good. But as it is, it's no longer I myself who do it, but it's living in me. It's no longer I who move me. There's something else that moves me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my sinful nature. Because our nature just tends to pull us wherever wherever it wants to pull us. For I had the desire to do what is good, had the desire to do it again, but I can't carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil that I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it's no longer who I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. Can can, can I just give you a moment of breath? I understand that when you do that dumb thing, it's not you. It's your sinful nature. It's something that's pulling you and directing you. And you really want to go that way, don't you? Don't you want to read your Bible? Ah! Plagiar. I want to. I really, I really want to read my Bible, but my sinful nature wouldn't let me. It's your sinful nature. Evil is right there. I love this. Evil is right there with me, with me. You notice he's not going after bait. It's chained to him. It's with him. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. In the inner being, I like Scripture. Inside of me, I like God's principles and I like God's rewards, but there's just something that controls me. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. I see a law at working with me that makes me chained to sin. I'm a prisoner. I don't get to go where I want to go, and I don't get to do what I really want to do because I'm a prisoner to my sinful nature. Paul says, what a wretched man I am. You ever done that? What a horrible person I am. I don't even deserve to go to church. I don't even deserve to read my Bible. What a horrible person I am. That's what Satan wants you to know or wants you to think. What a horrible person you are for being dragged around in chains. I wanted to go that way, but you made me go this way, sinful nature. And what a horrible man I am? What? What can I do? Who will rescue me from these chains? Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Because the prison we're chained in ends in the death penalty. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature I'm a slave to the law of sin. So let me ask you a question. It's a new year, but it's the same old you. How do we change nature? How? There's got to be more to it. Something so powerful and so influential can't just happen with a church service, right? I mean, that was almost a rock concert. That's going to change my life? What's the process that changes nature? To understand how to change nature, you have to understand how you got here. Because I don't know about you, but I don't recall the enemy coming to me with chains. Because I'm pretty sure I would have said, No, thank you. I'd rather not be chained up. Thank you. There was never a moment where he came with this long chain, and I just went, Here, lock me up, play. There was never a moment for that. So, so so what, what happened? Well, you have to understand this. The reason why Satan doesn't come at you with a chain is because you'll run from a chain. So Satan doesn't come at you with chains, he comes at you with a choice. So you start off with just a non-threatening choice. We all make choices, right? Every day. I don't know about you, but I make bad choices all the time. And so you found yourself in this moment, and it, like I said, it wasn't really threatening. Nobody, nobody sees this and says, oh man, that's, that, that could do some damage to my life, right? It's just, it's just, it's just a choice, And so we make the choice, and we choose self over God. And let's be honest, after we do it, we feel bad about it, and we hate ourselves for it, but it got us what we want, and so we do it again. And when the fork in the road comes up again, we make the same choice again. And then three weeks later, when the choice is there, we make the choice again See, God doesn't send us to hell because we make bad choices. We put ourselves in a personal hell because we continue to make those choices. And I remember when I was little, there was little when I was a teenager, there was choices I made that looked like this, that ended up like this. And so we keep making choices, and eventually, the more and more you make the choice, the choice becomes a habit. And now you don't even choose anymore. You just do it over and over and over again, and watch this. You almost do it without even thinking, right? Used to, you really had to debate the choice. You know, you'd sit there, and be like, uh, should I click on that? No, I don't want to click on that. Now, you, your finger almost moves without you thinking, because now what was once a choice is now a habit, and the more you do it, then the habit becomes automatic, and now it's not even you choosing anymore. It's just automatic. Just do. Dude, it's almost like you put yourself on a default setting. You know what I mean? As soon, soon as that choice came, boom, you already knew. I'm going with A. As soon as that happened, you already felt this way. As soon as that happened, all right, and it goes to automatic. And watch this. The more you do it, it's no longer what you do, it's who you are. Now people start to give it to you as your identity. Friends, oh, yes, that's, that's who he is, right? Your, 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 your spouses, your, your family, co-workers, that's, that's who she is. Now it's gone from a choice to a habit to automatic. Now it's your identity. And the moment you accept it as your identity, it becomes your nature. And what started off as a choice is now a chain. And what the enemy used as a choice, he now moves you with Nature. And even though you want to do one thing, he makes you do another thing. And it all started with a choice. And so I'm starting to learn this, church. If I want a new year and a new me, I need new choices. The only way I can change my chains is with new choices. Did you know that when Paul wrote that, he was a Christian? Here's here, let me, Can I tell you a chain the enemy likes to give us? Condemnation. Oh, if you feel that way, you don't know God. Oh, if you feel that way, you, you must not be a Christian. Oh, if you struggle with something, you must not be saved. Paul was very spiritual. And he said, I do what I don't want to do. Because there's a nature at war. And when you're a Christian, that nature of God is made alive in you, and that nature of flesh fight back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So it's not that you're a bad person. It's just you don't make the best choices. I'm learning. I'm horrible at choices. Are you you still good? You just walking with me? I was helping Malcolm move on Monday or Tuesday. I can't remember the day of the week. And as you know, we're in the fast, and Malcolm's doing kind of a, he, he can do smoothies, put it that way. And he starts telling me about a banana and strawberry smoothie. Mm. A week and a half ago, I'd have told you, that's disgusting. Give me a steak. He started talking about that smoothie. I thought, oh Lord. I said, well, it's all fruit. So I can And, and he looked at me, he said, he said, don't compromise. I make the worst choices. I just, yes, here, yes there. And every time I make a choice, if I'm not careful, that choice is gonna become a habit. Then it's going to become automatic. Then it's going to become my identity. It's going to become my nature. Do you have those words? I know you already put them up. Put them up one more time. I want to show you this. You can't miss this. What? what? It's my chain. My choices become my chains. And next week, I'm going to go even more practical on this. I wanted to give you the principle today. I'm going to give you the practice next week. Because we often think that freedom means no more chains. That's why I love Christian songs. He's breaking chains. No, I don't have any chains. Can I tell you this real quick? Freedom doesn't mean no chains. Freedom means different chains. Okay? I'm going to walk you through this next week because we're all going to be chained to something. Freedom is when you get to choose what you're chained to. And so when I choose that I'm chained to God, now now I'm led by God. Let me break it down a little bit more. Let me break it down. You hold this for a second. Don't go anywhere. Just stand right there. I'm coming back to you. That's why I don't want you to leave yet. Put it this way, y'all. If a new year and a new you is dependent on new choices, where we're in trouble is that we still make bad choices. So if we still make bad choices, what we really need is a new choice maker, right? It's not so much that we need new choices. We need a new choice maker, I need to put somebody else behind the wheel because I've tried this for 32 years and I'm not good at it. How am I, 34? I've tried it for 34 years and I'm not good at it. So what I need is a new choice maker. What does that mean? I mean, I mean I'm going to read a verse to you Then I'm going to give you an illustration I'm going to come back to it. Psalm 37, 23, watch this. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. If you're not careful, here's what you'll read. If I'm a good man, the Lord directs my steps. It's not the case. What that's saying is when the Lord orders your steps, you become a good man or a good woman. So the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He's my choice maker. I was reading this verse, and I'm like, all right, how how can... Because I, I have to make the choices. God doesn't write on like a, a tablet, right? He doesn't send me a text message or a Snapchat is it Marco Polo me and say, hey, go with that? So I'm still making decisions, but it's telling me that God's gotta order my steps. And so I really needed help on what that meant. And then this happened. So I was talking to Vonnie and Ken one day at the gym, and we were talking about how we both have Amazon Echoes. You guys know what that is? A little circular disc you put in your house, and it's it's done by Siri and Siri. Isn't it Siri? Alexa. Too many girls. Um and Alexa will do whatever, you know, you can be like, Alexa, what's the weather outside? And she would tell you, or Alexa, how do I, you know, how do I get to set a timer or whatever? And she'll do all these different things. So I'm talking to Vonnie and Ken because up to this moment, Darla and I have only used Alexa for music. We didn't know all of Alexa's abilities. We didn't know how gifted she was. She's a 10-talent person, not a two-talent person. And so I'm talking to uh, Ken and Vonnie, and I'm like, they tell us, yeah, we use Alexa to wake up our kids. I was like, oh, come on. That is a genius idea. And so they tell me, I tell Darla, I don't really have the interest in dealing with it, but Darla's the one who normally wakes up, Veda, and takes her to school. So she has this idea. And we're in bed one night, and she's working on her phone. I'm like, what are you doing? She goes, I'm setting up Alexa because here's what will happen. We have an alarm in Veda's room, so to wake her up, she'll come down, and we'll, we'll set out a bowl of cereal four in the morning at the table because so she, she can't reach the bowls or whatever. And she said, I'm setting up Alexa every few minutes to give Veda direction. So she said at like 7.05, it'll tell Veda to stop eating and go get dressed. And then at like 7.10, because here's what my daughter does, she'll get dressed and then she'll sit right back down at the table and watch TV. And, and so then at like 7.10, it says, now, Veda, go brush. It says this, Veda, time to brush your teeth. And so Veda gets up and she goes and brushes her teeth. And then she, This is 2018, 2019, folks. And so Veda comes back to the table. I'm setting some of y'all free right now. Y'all gonna go out and buy Alexa right now. She says, and then at 7.15, it says, no line to you, Veda, it's time to go. That lets her know, turn a, turn the iPad off, put the cereal bowl in the sink, let's go. So Darla did this. And we'd been doing it for two or three or four weeks, however long. It was going great. And this particular day, I was taking her to school. So I had an early meeting or something. I don't remember what it was. And so I got up early, and I'm sitting, and I'm, I'm dressed, and I'm ready to go, and I'm sitting at the table. And I know that Alexa's doing this, but I never heard it. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at the time. And Darla, her time's a little different than mine. I like to be five minutes early. Darla likes to be an hour and a half late. So I'm trying to kind of, <laughs> I just need food, baby. I need food. Saying silly stuff, and so um, it's a bad choice. <laughs> it's gonna be a chain, you know. What I'm uh, um, and so uh, anyway, um, so I'm looking at the clock, and the clock's getting kind of late, and I'm like, man, we need to get going. Like we're gonna be late to school. And so I look at Veda and I say, hey Veda, you you need to get get dressed. And y'all, is, I promise, as much as you're looking at me, she looked at me. She goes, Alexa tells me when to get dressed. <laughs> I said, come again? She said, Alexa tells me. She tells me when to brush my teeth. She goes, Alexa tells me when to go. I said, well, does Alexa drive you to school? Because if she don't, be quiet. I said, listen, I'm your dad. I tell you what to do. And then I said this, and man, the Lord brought it back to my mind. I'll never forget it. I said, listen, we're the ones who told Alexa what to do with in the beginning. So Alexa might be telling you to do something, But we are the ones that established what Alexa was going to tell you. And so what I understand about a new choice maker is it may be me making the choice, but I allowed him to establish the steps by which I'm walking. So I say it, and it looks like me, but it's really God who's stepping for me. And I understand now that what it means to be chained to Christ that every step I take, here, here. Adam, come here, come here. Come here, come here. Okay, so so watch this. Watch this with me. So we had a sinful nature. Stand right there by by Jeff. Stand right there by Jeff. We have this sinful nature that takes us wherever it wants to take us. Stand right there. I'll come right back to you in a minute. Stand And so what happened, what started as a choice became a habit, which became automatic, which became my identity, and I accepted it as my identity. Now it's my nature. And and enemy is just taking me wherever he wants to take me, and he's moving me. Watch this. The moment, Adam, you're going to be God, okay? Make sure you tell Brittany when you get home that you played God today. When we decide to make God our choice maker, it's not that the chains come free. It's that we hand over the influence. And now instead of my sinful nature taking me, it's my spiritual nature moving me. And God's taken me where, watch this, oh, please catch this. Oh, oh, gosh, it takes me where I want to go. Do you hear what Paul said? I don't do what I what? Want to do. Somebody told you that God's purpose for your life was to take you places you didn't want to go. Doesn't work that way. What God wants for you, you want for you. But you let yourself talk and self-talked you into a choice, and then that choice became a habit And now that habit is automatic. And now automatic is now your identity and that's your nature. And when you come into the presence of God, you become convicted. And God's saying, listen, it starts today. Make a different decision. It can be a new year and it can be a new you. But what you have to do is hand over the chains to a new choice maker. And you have to get in chains for Christ. Take me wherever you want to take me, Lord. Because you just just take him around the stage. You just have a good time. Make sure you take him out to eat fruits and vegetables when you're done. And then God just begins to direct. And your sinful nature has nothing to do. But watch as it's overcome by your spiritual nature. Hear me, church. Anytime you commit to turn yourself down and turn God up, you're establishing a new choice maker. And maybe you're in your seat right now. How, what is that, that? That sounds really good. But you need to unpack that a lot more. I told you I'm going to next week of how that looks practically in your life. But I had to give you the principle. I had to let you understand you are not a failure, you're just chained to a sinful nature, you're just not the best choice maker. But if you will give that responsibility over, You guys can go ahead and exit off that way. Let me, let me, let me give you one last thought. We are, as, you, as I've said, we're, we're in the middle of a fast. And Darla and I were coming back from Memphis, coming home, and, and God spoke something to me and her about the fast. I'll tell you what it was in a second. And after church last Sunday, I'm out in the lobby, and a gentleman that goes to church here named Larry came up to me. He said, I have a word from the Lord for you regarding the fast. I said, what is it? He said a lot of things, but here's what he said. I'll never forget. He said, take it one day at a time. That was the word the Lord spoke to us coming back from Memphis. Take it one day at a time. Man, I needed to hear that because I'm such a planner. I'll be all right, 15 days. we got 15 days. Two Sundays. I was talking to Pastor Brian. He's like, we got two more Sundays. I was like, yeah, that's two weeks, brother. I'm such a planner. I want to go ahead. When you hear a message like this, the enemy wants you to get so advanced thinking that you get overwhelmed. Oh, I, got, I got 47,000 choices to make. and then, Listen, just start with today. Just, just let God make choices today. No, don't worry about tomorrow. That's why he said, daily I pick up my cross. Daily. Wake up tomorrow going, okay, God, today I'm gonna make choice. What would Jesus do? I need to break back them bracelets, you know what I mean? What would, today, today, God, you help me with my choice. I, I have to respond to my spouse. God, how should I respond? I gotta talk to my kids. God, how should I talk to my kids? I gotta budget my money, God, how should I budget my money? And when we start allowing him to make the choices, watch this, you ready? Those choices become what? Habits. And now the things that you could never do, you do automatically. Now you read the word automatically. Now you say lovely things to your spouse automatically. Because every time you choose, your choices become habits, and your habits become automatic. And listen, then it becomes your identity, then it becomes your nature. And now you're dragged around by a godly nature instead of a sinful one. Amen. Lord, I thank you for who you are and your word is so alive, it's so real, it's so life-changing. And my heart so much just wants us to get this. Not to be overwhelmed by it, because that will move into condemnation. God, to be in a place that just says, I need you. That's what this whole 20 days is about, to put ourselves in a place where we need you more than we've ever needed you. To be able to say, lead me, direct me, help me make choices. In 2019, God, it's a new year and it can be a new me, but it's not because the year changed. It's because I gave over the responsibility of making the choices. And so I pray right now over every person in this room, I pray they would receive this word. I pray they'd walk out of here today saying, God, I want you to be the choice maker in my life. I pray they'd sit down with their spouses, they'd sit down with their kids, they'd sit down with their family and say, what does this look like in our life? How do we move God back into the driver's seat? How do we allow him to be the choice maker in our life? Because that's where we're going to find true freedom." Thank you, Lord. As Paul said, what a wretched man I am. Who's going to set me free? Jesus Christ will set me free. Thank you, Lord, that we're not just put in a place where we have to know that we're going to be led by those chains of sinful nature for the rest of our lives. But you can set us free. And thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said